Welcome to the I Say All That to Say This podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Before we get to that, we'd like to tell you about those that make this podcast possible. This week's episode is sponsored by our friends over at Sovereign Financial. Mike Cuckle and Will Hines are incredibly gifted at taking care of you and your investments. They both are good friends and I trust them with my family's future. They not only focus on your ROI, but they also do in-depth research and investigation so you can rest assured that you are only investing in like-minded companies. They call it biblically responsible investing. You can reach out to them at SovereignFIN.com. Again, that's SovereignFIN.com to make an appointment. And if you tell them you heard about them on this podcast, they will give you a free portfolio review and consultation. Our friends over at Spencer Hines Properties, founded by Ben Hines and Lynn Spencer in 1993, Spencer Hines has 10 agents specializing in only commercial real estate. The businesses that they have helped bring to the upstate of South Carolina have created over a thousand jobs. Their agents are dedicated to teamwork, integrity, excellence, and compassion. You can find out more at SpencerHines.com. Spencer Hines Properties, locally owned, community oriented, nationally connected. Welcome to the I Say All That to Say This podcast, an outreach of Impact Sports International. We seek to use sports as a vehicle to take the gospel to the hard to reach, the lost, and and the forgotten. forgotten. Whether that is just 10 minutes down the road or on the other side of the world. Here is your host. Here's your host. Here's your host. Here's your host, John Andrews. Hey guys, and welcome back to the I Say All That to Say This podcast. I'm your host, John Andrews. We are continuing our instrument series, which comes from Psalm 32, verses 2 and 3. Praise the Lord with the melodies on the lyre. Make music for him on the ten-stringed harp. Sing a new song of praise to him. Play skillfully on the harp and sing with joy. Now, as I've said before, most of you listening, you don't play the harp and you don't even know what a lyre is. But that's not the point David was making. What David was really saying here is that we all have an instrument to play, but it's up to us to play our instrument skillfully. My instrument is definitely not music, But God did give me an instrument to play for his glory. And he's given you one, too. Could actually be music. Could be sports. Could be business. Could be teaching or speaking. But what David was saying is whatever your instrument is, play it skillfully. And how do we develop skill? Well, it only comes through hard work and repetition. So during this series, we've been talking to people with all kinds of instruments and how they are honing their craft so they can play their instrument skillfully for God's honor and his glory. And that brings me to our guest today, Jaira Wilson. Thank you for coming and being a part of the I Say All That Say This podcast. Yeah, gentlemen. Thanks for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Jaira played football and basketball in high school. Is that right? Yes, sir. At Calhoun High School. Where is that? That's in northwest Georgia, small little town. What's the name of the town? Calhoun. Okay, makes yeah. sense. That that small that it has the name of the town is the name of the school. Yeah, Our producer's sorry. laughing as I as I make that comment out loud. Uh, Jairo was an all state linebacker, uh, and his team went twenty six and one his junior senior year. They won the three A state championship uh, in basketball. Jairo was a player too. Jairo scored a thousand career points, and you also earned Georgia all state honors as a point guard. Jairo chose football. Chose to go to Wofford to continue his career, where he led the Terriers to four uh, FCS national playoff appearances and three conference championships yes, uh, in his four years there. Jaira played in 52 games over those four years. Uh, he was SoCon All-Freshman and then All-SoCon Honors as a senior as well. But this, to me, speaks volumes. One of the most significant stats 
to me about Jairus' time was on uh, in his time playing football. So junior, senior year of high school, and in four years of college, his team went 63-16, and 16, won a high school state championship, four, so, uh, four appearances in the national playoffs, and three SOCON titles. Jairus knows how to win. And Jairus knows how to build each other up, build others up to help them come along in that journey. We'll talk more about it uh, as we get going. Jairus graduated in 2019 with a degree in biology from Wofford College. I don't know how in the world you did that. Uh, He's coached the last two seasons at North Greenville University and will be serving as the cornerbacks coach. That's corner, not Mm -hmm. quarter. Cornerbacks coach. And you're also going to be the coach special teams coordinator at Gardner-Webb University this fall. Yes, sir. All right. Well, I, again, I want to thank you for being a part of the part of the podcast. I want to jump in with the most important thing. All those stats, all the things you've been able to accomplish on the field, on the court. Let's start with what really matters. Tell us your Jesus story. So for me, uh, so I'm a, I'm a PK. I'm a pastor's kid. Uh, my dad, he pastored a church. Uh, my brother was born. Uh, and then he kind of gave it up and, and built up a junior pastor my senior year of high school. So it was about 24, 25 years. My brother's a little older than me. Uh, so I grew up in church, grew up every Wednesday, every Sunday, uh, the little revivals, the vacation Bible schools and all that stuff. And uh, got saved, uh, quote unquote, when I was super young, got baptized and Never really got in trouble, never really did any of that thing, those things of that nature. But for me, uh, really understanding what I did as a, a youngster uh, really resonated with me my, going into my junior year of high school. I always say that's kind of when I felt like my life changed and kind of who I am supposed to be kind of started. Mm-hmm. Uh, a story kind of going back my sophomore year. Uh, in high school, I didn't start, but I played played a lot. Okay, and I thought I should have been playing more than I, I had. I had just like we all do. Most people do. Yeah, we all do. And and looking back on it, it was it was good that I, I wasn't playing. But there was a game I didn't play too well. The game prior to that, I had started because the starter got sick. Okay, uh, so I, I got to play, and I played probably my best game as a tenth grader. Mm-hmm. So the next week, you're thinking, oh man, I'm gonna get a, get a little more playing time. Yeah. I didn't, and then I didn't play well because I was just thinking about mm-hmm. it and stuff. And after the game, uh, my mom comes up to me like she does after every single game, and she said, I love you. It was going to give me a hug, and I kind of, like, brushed her off. Mm. Uh, so, like, when I was younger, I, I had some some anger issues. I, like, I just got so mad and, and wanted to play perfect and wanted to do good. And so I go off the field. You change. You know, you go in the locker room. Uh, I come back out, and she's with my linebacker coach, and I'll never forget it, and she's crying. And like I don't see my dad, and she's just kind of like by him, and I'm like I, I'm kind of freaking out because I like where's my dad? Like is something right. wrong with my dad? Sure. Or like what's going on? Uh, and uh, my linebackers coach kind of comes up to me, kind of tells me she she comes up, she's like Jair, she says I love you more than you know, but the your attitude and, and kind of like how you treat me in things when things don't go your way, she said if if this continues to happen, I don't know if I can support you. Hmm. I don't know if I can come to another game. And this is my mom who's never missed a game my right. entire life. Right. Like from little league to to college, she's never missed a game. Wow. Uh so like that kinda hit me and I was like, Man, is is it this bad? Uh so kinda I say all that to say Nice, nice, to, well played. To say to to say this. So my, my junior year I'm going to 
the an FCA camp. Our D line coach at at Calhoun wanted me to go to FCA camp, and I finally decided, okay, I'll go. St. Simon's Island, and I remember this this guy for the rest of my life. His name is Cody Cobb. He was kind of one of the the leaders there. He didn't have his own huddle, but he he kind of just led, and he was just always there. But one thing that stuck out to me, he he would say every time we left, like John, we would be in a room, we'd be playing. Then when he would leave, he would like, "Love you, man," and head out. Mm-hmm. And like I've never heard that, or like why why would you do that? Why do you do that? And he just, he just said it the, the entire weekend, and then like it was just something that God was just pouring into me mm-hmm. that I didn't really understand. And finally, before I left that Friday, I said, "Cody, I said why do you tell me you love me before you leave?" He said, because I want you to know if nobody ever tells you that they love you, that I do and that Jesus does. Mm. And, like, that week com- that week completely just kind of changed my life. And it made me realize uh, what I did when I was a youngster mm-hmm. was the love. It was because of the love of Christ. And now, like, I finally, I finally understood it. And I didn't understand why I did it for a long time. Right. And then just that moment as a, as a, before going into my 11th grade year, uh, that's kind of what changed me hmm. i would say so talk about your journey since you 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 turn your life over to jesus you surrender you make it your own yeah correct. right and um and then you go into your junior year of high school since then what has your faith journey looked like oh it's 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 grown it's been challenges uh like we all know uh but for me uh growth is like kind of my my word of i guess my life for this season in my life so growth what growth means to me it means to gradually recreate one's weak thoughts and habits. So I'm a big acronym guy. Mm-hmm. So I want to gradually recreate my weak thoughts and my weak habits. Like in Romans, it talks about do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right. So with everything I do, whether it's spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, I want to grow in that. And that's what I've been doing since that uh, before going into my 11th grade year is just continuing, continually to grow. Like my attitude didn't instantly get better. Sure. Right. I had to continue to work on that, and and me and my mom had powwows and stuff, just like everybody does. But now I can look back and I can see that has helped me grow to the spot that I am now. The way I used to react to situations, I don't I don't react to mm. them the same way. Uh, one thing I write on on my script. So I'm a football coach, so we get a, a practice script every single day. Mm. At the top left of it, I always write always steady. And that came from my my college football coach. But it's always just a reminder to me there's going to be a lot of people. There's going to be emotions flying. There's there's 100 football players on the team, and we're all trying to – different emotions, and we're trying to come together. So that's always a reminder to me, no matter what, no matter the situation, somebody has to remain always steady, Mm -hmm. right? If we're winning by 28 points, somebody has to be always steady and say, hey, calm down, let's focus. If we're getting pile drive by 28 (laughs) points, somebody has to be like – Hey man, we're good. Let's keep rolling. Yeah. Let's keep going. So that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. Cool. You uh, you had an on campus ministry when you were at Wofford, right? Yes. Tell us about that. Yeah. So it was called the Connection. So my my freshman year, we had a, a linebacker, a really great dude. His name is John Patterson. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he broke his neck, and he is about three millimeters away from never walking again. Mm. And man, after that season, obviously he was going to try to get back and do everything he can, just like everybody. Sure. Who, they're athletes. That's what we want to do. And they kind of cut and it's like, man, it's not. And he just kept praying and thinking, he's like, I got to be doing something. Like, I'm not here to just not do nothing. Right. Uh, so he, he, he had this idea of having an on-campus church service. And he came up to me in the summer 
Uh, and he was like, Jairo, he said, this is what I want to do. I've prayed about it. I thought about it. Uh, but I can't do it on my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he came to me and he approached me and asked me if I wanted to do it. I was like, of course, yeah, I would love to. But then he sat me down. He was like, I want you to know why you're why we're doing this and what's going to be the consequences, uh, quote unquote, of it. He was like, when we decide that we want to do this and do a church service, you're putting yourself on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Like you have to realize that, yes, maybe you're a football player and people watch you, but now you're a football player who's – not that you didn't promote Christ before, but you're really trying to promote him now. Right. Like you're putting yourself on that pedestal. Uh, and I was like, yeah, man, I, I understand this. Is, I I want to do this. So we started the connection. It was a church service every uh, Sunday morning at 11, 11. And we were out before noon. Uh, so we knew we didn't care if you came uh, in your clothes from when you went out on Saturday night. Right. Or if you wanted to dress up or pajamas or whatever it was, we just wanted you to come. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times as a, a college student, it's hard to make that commitment. Sure. So we wanted something easy. We uh, kind of got sponsored. We had little breakfast donuts and orange juice and stuff. And we did a little worship service. Then me and him for the first year, it was tough. I mean, we just alternated back and forth who was speaking. And, I mean, you get back and you were war slap out because you just played a game on Saturday mm-hmm. at Sanford in Alabama. Oof. And you're driving back and it's like, Dang, it's my week to speak, huh? <laughs> so you, it really helped me with uh, understanding, getting things prepared, and and staying in the word. And then he left, and we kind of just trained up some more people. Uh, so we we had the connection for three years. Uh, it was really really good. And sadly, so COVID, I was kind of preparing to give it over to somebody else right. for that spring, uh, and then I couldn't see anybody for mm-hmm. however long. So it's, it's not there anymore. But it, it was a blessing. Uh, after the the first year, we were able to get guests to come in and, and to speak and to mm-hmm. talk, and uh, it was it was awesome. So with football and then the connection, um, I guess it was a good thing that the academic load at Wofford was not really all that hard, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was wasn't hard at all. No, it was it was extremely hard. So when I first got to college, I thought I was going to be an orthopedic surgeon. Didn't quite <laughs> quite work out that way. I took organic chemistry, and then I realized that yeah. God had a different calling. Had on a your different life. plan for me, but it was. It was good, and it, it was tough, like you said, but uh, the journey, it was worth it, and yeah. I needed to go through it. Well, uh, talking about Wofford and your time there, uh, you played, you were recruited by and then played for your first couple of years for a legendary coach that was there for over 30 years. Uh, Mike Ayers, who um, a lot of our listeners will know, uh, extremely successful, uh, has been a part of our ministry. Uh, some, I've known him for a long time. Um, tell us what it was like to play for someone who had accomplished what he had accomplished and who he was as a man and a coach. Yeah. Uh, so the reason I chose Wofford, he was he was very similar to my, my high school coach. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of the qualities uh, as a believer. Uh, then my mama, she loved it too. Mm-hmm. So that, that, oh, always, yeah. that always helps helps out. But uh, you don't really realize the the resume sometimes of people while you're in it. Yeah. I take a step back and I look at it now – and Mike Ayers is guaranteed to offer about seven wins a game every – I mean, seven wins, wins a season, a season yeah. for 20, 30 years, right. which as a football coach now is like, man, that's pretty dang impressive. Mm-hmm. So uh, – but he, he is awesome. He's the type of person, and I, I think you said it, that you would want to run through a wall for. Yeah. Uh, and why is that? It's because the relationships that he built. Mm-hmm. Like, we all knew that whether we, we sucked on Saturday – and he was going to be mad at us on Sunday. 
if we had a problem on Monday, he was going to be there. Yeah. There was no question about it. And if you had to go do something or things happened, football wasn't his first thing. Mm-hmm. His first thing was people and us kids. Mm. And he used to tell us, he told me this one time. He said, Jar, the reason I do this and, and what keeps bringing me back is not because of kids like you. It's because of the kids that I didn't quite get a hold of that I mm. wanted to get a hold of. Or mm. the ones that – probably messed up and wanted to Wofford may wanted to throw out a couple of times and he mm-hmm. fought for them and, and they may may not have made it he said that's why I keep doing it why, yeah. why, that's why I continue to come back and not that you just hear that but you see it on a daily basis oh, yeah. of he's always showing up and he, he's always there like you you can't you can't pretend that you can't mm-hmm. fake it well and I, I've heard you know I, I've heard him speak several times um, we have a lot of mutual friends but I also know a lot of guys that played for him and some that are similar to you in age and some that are a lot older than you mm-hmm. that were there in his early days, mm-hmm. they all say the same thing. And so that to me, and, and it rolls over to what we're going to talk about next is coaching, but the consistency. You are who you say you are, yeah. and you are who you say you are every time anybody sees you, no matter where you are. Um, so you you finished in your, your uh, the fall of nineteen was your senior season, yes, right, and then COVID hit in twenty, yes. the spring of twenty. How did that affect you and the possibility of playing at the next level? Yeah, so thought I was a could somehow sneak into an NFL camp, and at the end of the day, I just I wasn't good enough for that, and it's fine. But I did have an opportunity to go play overseas. Okay, uh, so I I was planning on going to play overseas and. My old linebackers coach that was at Wofford, he actually took the defensive coordinator job at North Greenville. Okay. Uh, and things got shut down. He said, Jaira, I know you want to do this, that, and the other, but if you want to come GA for me, I would love it. Like, I'm, you can get the job. I know Coach, coach Farrington, who was my coach there, uh, he, he would love to have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I went over there. And just, and just for the people listening, GA is graduate, graduate assistant. assistant. Yeah, it's a graduate okay. assistant. So I would, I would be doing school and then working with football. Uh, not on the side, it's more at the same time when you're, <laughs> when you're a graduate assistant. But uh, went over there and I told him, I said, Coach, I, like I, if I get the opportunity to play, I still want to play. Right. And he said, that's fine. He said, just basically, he basically said, be where your feet are. So right now, while you're here, I just want you to work and do the best you can. And mm-hmm. if something comes up, we'll deal with it uh, at the appropriate time. So right. probably a month or two after I got there, I had an opportunity to go play in Germany uh, and it was a really good opportunity, in my opinion, because I wasn't just going by myself. So one of my best friends, our quarterback at Wofford, Joe Newman, okay. signed to go over there, too. Yeah. So it's like I get to go to an, another country, get to play football, and I'm with one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't win, really win, make win. that. Yeah, yeah, it's a win-win-win. Yeah. So it's like, okay, Coach Farrington, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, and they wanted me to come a little earlier, and I told, I told them over there in Germany, I was like, Coach Farrington is giving me a job, so I'm going to stay until after spring practice. Mm-hmm. When spring practice is over, which is probably two weeks later than they wanted me to report, then I'll go over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, go through the fall, then we get through the spring, and uh, I actually really, really hurt my ankle uh, for the first time. It was the first like major injury of my life. I mm. uh, was in a boot, and I probably should have got it looked at a little bit more, but I was like, you know what? I'm still good. I'm going to just rehab it, and we're going we're gonna to roll. Uh, and then we're probably like halfway through spring practice, and uh, it's kind of later at night. I'm one of the only ones there, and it's about 8 o'clock, and I remember the story like it was yesterday. I'm driving. I remember the light I'm at, but I'm about to take a left. Uh, and then, like, I just kind of start crying. Hmm. And I was like, what is what is going on? 
Uh, and it was the first time in my life that I kind of realized what my gift was. I know we were talking earlier. Yeah. Uh, Steve Harvey talks about your gift is the thing you do the easiest with the least amount of effort. Mm. And for a long time, I thought that was football. I thought football was my gift because I was successful mm-hmm. uh, and I, I had always kind of been a leader. So I was like, okay, this that's my gift. And it wasn't. My gift was the fact that I could encourage people. Like, mm. I never had to be the best player on my team because I could encourage others and get the most out of them. Mm-hmm. And that's the gift that God put in me. And at that moment, I knew going overseas is something that I wanted to do, but it's not what I needed to do. And I think it was – it helped me in my faith journey understanding that doing what you what you need to do is a lot more important than what you want to do. Mm. And – uh, what I needed to do is ultimately what God wanted me to do, and that it was the best thing for me. So a week later, after I had made the decision, I had told my head coach, our defensive coordinator, who was the guy who coached me at Wofford, he actually said, Jaira, man, I'm going to take a, a high school job, and I'm going to tell Coach Farrington that I think the best thing for this program is that you become the outside linebackers coach. Hmm. I had no clue he was going to do it. And that's what you played at Wofford. Yes. That was your natural exactly. position. That was my natural position. Yeah. Uh, so, And I had no clue he was doing that. And for me, it's a testament of faith of, okay, you did what you needed to do. You did what God had told me to do because mm-hmm. he put it on my heart. That's the reason right. it happened. And I followed directions. I followed instructions. I followed his guidance in this way. And then, boom, the next, the next week, mm. I didn't get the opportunity to go. Uh, be a full-time position coach. Hmm. And all this was happening in the background, you didn't even know it. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you you said something a second ago. You said um, I, 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 what I should do is more important than what I want to yeah. do. Yeah. But then I found out that what I'm supposed to be doing is what I want to do anyway. Exactly. That's Psalm 137.4. Uh, yeah. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Um, you know, we hear that. And it's misused, mm-hmm. I mean, probably more than anything yeah. else in Scripture. Uh, God's going to give me the des- desires of my heart. Well, shoot, God, I, des- I desire a new car. Yeah. I desire a big screen TV. I desire a wife, you yeah. know. Uh, and so we think that that's scriptural. He's just supposed to give us the desires of our heart, and we miss that first part mm-hmm. where it's delight, delight in me. Lord. And it, what that means, m- make your heart more like mine, mm-hmm. and you're going to end up wanting what, what I, want. I want for you, which is best anyway. Exactly. And that's exactly what you're describing. Yeah. And Proverbs uh, talks about trusting the Lord with all your heart and lean mm. not on your own understanding. In all his ways, acknowledge him. Well, that's what you got to do. You got to trust in the Lord. And you can't lean on our understanding because if you look at the understanding of what I thought, going to Germany, yeah. being with my best friend, playing a game I love, from a, a human and a logical standpoint, there's there's no question what you should do. Mm-hmm. And then you step back, okay, Jaira, you're going to not go over there, you're a GA, you're not getting paid, you're still doing school, which is after doing four years of school, nobody yeah. wants to do more school, and you're not a coach, you're a assistant. Why would you do that? That doesn't right. even make sense. And right. then next week, yeah. that happens. It so. becomes very clear yeah. very quickly. You've been in coaching now for two years, mm-hmm. and what I've heard you say already is that you were already coaching even while you were playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you recognized your gift, your God-given gift. That is a spiritual gift in Scripture is exhortation, is mm-hmm. encouragement. And, um, you know, I mentioned that at the beginning, the the stats. You, uh, I don't even remember 60-something in 16 in four years, which is phenomenal in football, especially when you consider there's a little bit of an asterisk in those four years at Wofford because you were playing up uh, yes, some you know some yes, money sir. games at yes, the beginning. Sir. So uh, I think I wrote it down. I think you guys were uh, twenty eight and four in conference really? in your four years. 
Yeah, I think that's right. We may it may be like six. I know we never beat Sanford. Okay, which sucks. Those dang Bulldogs. Yeah. yeah. So we lost four there, and then we lost Citadel once. It may be like six. I, th- six I think it was. Yeah. I th- I, you you yeah. never have more than two losses yeah. in conference yeah. in your four years, and. Um, it helps to be talented. Mm-hmm. It helps to be gifted, uh, and obviously you are physically. Um, but your teams were successful because you were leading them beyond football. You know that that that, that encouragement you're talking about, because sports, college sports, and probably even college football mm-hmm. um, can be a hard thing. Yes. You know, and just wear on you and 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 drive you down yeah, you know and the uh the 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 all-consuming nature of it mm-hmm. um and so when you have somebody come alongside of you and encourage you you're, you're talking about how coach Ayers would do that yeah. on mondays yeah. you know he would be the coach he needs to be yeah. and and require more of you than you think yeah. you're capable of giving but when you have a problem that mm-hmm. he's there for you yeah and that's that was so sorry to cut you off no. john but that was that was so big and the people he put around like our one of my favorite people at my time at Wofford was our strength coach. Hmm. And he was the same thing, same way. His name was Josh Mettler. And he was all about, while we're in here for an hour and a half, this is all that matters. Mm-hmm. Like, we were going to train. Yep. And we're training and we're working. But after that, if you needed to sit and talk for seven and a half hours, <laughs> he was going to put his feet up on his desk and he would yep. talk to you about anything. Yeah. And, and that's just how it was, and we all knew that. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it's like you wanted to give and do whatever you could uh, – for them and yeah. for each other, and sure. I, I think our, our bond and our unity that we had there was it was so special. From when I got there as a freshman, and the the fifth years took us under their wings, and they didn't care who played. Like obviously they want to play, and sure. they they taught us freshmen like this is this is the ropes, this is how we do things, and mm-hmm. it just kept trickling and going down and down and down. Mm-hmm. And that's why we were successful. Billy Graham, I think you've heard of him mm-hmm. before, right? He was quoted one time as saying, "A coach." will impact more people in one year than the average person will impact in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Number one, do you think that's true? If so, why? Mm-hmm. And then if you think that's true, being both a player and now a coach, do you have an example mm-hmm. of that? Yeah, I do think it's true, and I think sometimes in, in a different way than we may think. As a coach, yes, you have – in my position, I, I have nine corners just like that are mine that mm-hmm. I get to kind of – uh, impact sure. uh, and, and and try to help grow uh, into men and uh, go into society, but kind of with Coach Ayersings is, is that one. Like if I impact one, mm-hmm. then he impacts one. Mm-hmm. Now there's two impacted, mm-hmm. and then they all go impact one. And there's four. Yep. So you don't even have to say, man, there's nine people I got to pour into, which mm. you are. You're going to sure. try to pour into them. But if you can just find one yeah. that you're truly, truly uh, impacting and, and, and uh, trying to help them grow and reach whatever whatever it is, like whatever stage of life that is that is in. And, and yes, uh, for me, uh, as a player, uh, being impacted, like I said, starting like our, our strength coach, he, he's impacted me uh, so, so much. And, and uh, for me, the biggest thing that I seen it was so cool when I left North Greenville. Uh, at Wofford, we had this thing called the Legacy Group, and it was basically our captain group, I guess you mm-hmm. could say. And we met every Saturday morning in the summer, and we met once a week during the season, talking about life, talking about how to lead. So a lot of times as coaches, we put people out there to be leaders, but then we don't give them the tools and teach mm-hmm. them how to lead. And that was Josh's whole thing is like, 
how can I tell an 18 or 22 year old kid to go lead? But just because he has some qualities, right? But then not show him how to do it, yeah. Because he's going to mess up, he's going to screw up. So it's when I got to North Greenville, I said, Coach Farrington, I said, this is something that like I really love doing. Would you be opposed to it? You can sit in, like I promise you, it won't. I'll, your core values, your foundation. I'm not going to step from that. I just want to help these guys learn how to lead. Mm. And uh, we did that all summer, and those guys loved it. Like. Uh, and I had started making kind of like the itinerary or the outline for the next year, right. uh, starting in December, because I'm like, okay, we're going to start in January. I got here last time it was in the summer, so I get a whole year. Yeah. Like, we're going to really pour into this. Like, I love it. And then I got the job at Gardner Webb. Uh, but my favorite thing, and I text our strength coach at Wofford, <laughs> this because it was it's probably like my happiest moment. Like, it still makes me like generally smile. One of the safeties. Uh, he said, Coach Wilson, I want to go grab uh, coffee with you before you leave. Right. All right, so I thought we were just chopping it up, this, that, and the other. He said, Coach, do you have anything planned for us for this year coming up for the for our legacy group, our leadership group? He's mm-hmm. like, that changed our season, and it really helped us so much. Like, I want, I want to continue to do that and keep doing that. Wow. So I wanted to sit down with you and just get your thoughts and see how you did it. Hmm. And, like, it, like, lit me on fire. Like, yeah. it was like – Okay, well, this is this is important. What that's we're doing your one. Yeah, that's your one. Exactly. Yeah. And now they they're continuing to do it, and there's another coach just running it, and like it's awesome. That's so awesome. I love that. That's that's um, just using the gifts you have, yeah. uh, and pouring into others. Um, you know, it, Jesus came to change the world, mm-hmm. but he only worked with twelve, and even with that twelve, he had three yeah. in his inner circle. And so, what you're describing is is Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Uh, process too, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, generally speaking, uh, or all the time speaking, really, we would be wise to uh, pay attention to that because uh, that what so. better what better um, example example yeah. Um, let me ask you this: We talk uh, a lot of things we do internationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been with us. Mm-hmm. You went with us to the Middle East when you were in school um, to uh, help lead football clinics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've seen this, but when we're working in restricted settings. Um, and we're we're not able to openly share mm-hmm. the gospel, openly share who we are. Uh, we do that through teaching biblical principles, just not mm-hmm. necessarily calling them biblical principles. Exactly. These are leadership principles, exactly. right? We're teaching Jesus without telling them it's Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, character development is, is big. Um, what would you say, being now on, on the other end of your career, mm-hmm. or starting your second career in the same sport, mm-hmm. so you've played – You've lived it, you breathed it, you bled it, and now you're getting other young men to do the same. Um, But also having a a background in other sports as well. How does does sports, or what does sports teach us about life? What what is it uh, innately about sports? And I would kind of characterize this uh, by saying team sports, Mm -hmm. right? Individual sports are a little bit different. But team sports, what do they teach us about life, about uh, interaction with other people, with, mm-hmm. about society, mm-hmm. those kinds of things? Give me your thoughts. Uh, for me, uh, and I think that's it's a really good question and kind of where I'm at spiritually on my journey and our, our pastor who's uh, been talking about, it teaches you about the kingdom. And when I say the kingdom, I mean the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Because team sports – you're bringing people from so many nationalities, ethnicities, character development, family backgrounds, mm. ages, 
I mean, you got an 18-year-old kid who could be from, from Mississippi and a 65-year-old coach who could be from California. Right. And this is his first year of college football, and this may be the coach's last year of college football. Mm-hmm. And you're just bringing them all together. And the whole goal is the goal in the end, everybody wants to win. But the goal is to create a unity because once you get the unity, then everybody's mindset is on the same goal to go win, mm. to go win and, and uh, have a good season. Right. So I think that it shows you, at least spiritually for me, what the kingdom is like. The kingdom is we understand, okay, the forefront, this is God. Like mm-hmm. this is this is who we who uh who made us, he's our creator. He sent his son to save us, and because of his love and his grace and his mercy, although we may not think this is the same basketball player is the number one basketball player in the world or this, that, and the other, right, right being silly, but we still can come together mm-hmm. and we understand ultimately who is king, who is Lord, and who is God. And mm. as a, a in sports, and I know a lot of people, if you, you're not a believer, you don't see it that way, but that's the same thing in sports. Like mm-hmm. you're, We're all coming together to accomplish something that's so much bigger than us. Mm-hmm. And when you can see it in that sense of, this is the kingdom. This is the kingdom of God, and this is what it's going to look like. I think you can find that in sports than you find anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listen to Lecrae, and there's a song he says, Sunday service is the most segregated time mm-hmm. of day. Sports locker room, I don't care where you come from, but it's going to be integrated, and there's going to be so much ethnicity uh, all the time. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to find anything more like the kingdom of God than in a sports locker room, and that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. So. And that um, look at culture in general, um, it seems like, and I'm older, mm-hmm. a lot older than you, but it seems like just in the last uh, five, six, seven, eight years, and you know, people listening were are, are already thinking of reasons or people that are at fault for this, mm-hmm. but um, we, we can't have differing opinions anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have, and of course, social media obviously plays a big role mm-hmm. in this. Uh, but if you have a, an opinion other than mine, you are intolerant. Mm-hmm. You know, or you're wrong. Yeah, and I hate you because yeah. you don't believe the same way I yeah. do. Um, and and people, people err on every side, yeah. right? Correct. But to me, sports is unique. Because you talk about that locker room, mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about, and, and, and of course, I, I grew up in in a basketball, mm-hmm. you know, locker room. So you got twelve guys in there. Yeah. You got a hundred guys in your locker room. Mm-hmm. So it's even more so. But you've got think about the difference in the the way those guys look, yeah. the way those guys uh, spend their weekends, who dress. they spend their weekends with, exactly um, what they have the option to do on the weekends. Yeah. You know, when they go home, who are they actually going home to? Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 so amazing, and you look at like. We talked about the COVID situation mm-hmm. and, and things, and sports is unifying. Yes. So through throughout COVID, and people don't want to be uh, with other people, and you got to wear your mask and you got to stay away. I think, and you know, you're a basketball guy. At all that, there's still an NBA bubble because sports need to be played. Oh yeah, right. There's still a unifying thing. There's something with sports that yeah. There's different opinions on should I get a vaccination or should I not get a vaccination right. or wear a mask or not wear a mask. But at the end of the day. Everybody wanted to see NBA playoffs in the bubble because oh, yeah. it was so unifying. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you even you go to a college football game yeah. on Saturday afternoon, evening. You look in the stands. <laughs> Those people don't aren't all going to the same place when they leave, uh-uh. you know, and they aren't all doing the same thing on sa- on Sunday morning, Mm-mm. you know. But 
everybody's kind of focused on one on one yeah. um, goal, and I think that's the beauty uh, the beauty of sports. Uh, <clears throat> you're going into your third year of coaching, right? Yeah, te- yeah. I guess actually this July I finished my second year, so yes. Okay. So you're third. going into your third yes, season. Sir. Yes, sir. Second season because we didn't have a COVID season. That's right. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. I'm in a weird. Still messing up. Exactly. Things, yeah. Um, do you think? And and I and I, I want to preface this by saying, all right, what I think and what actually is going to happen probably are two different things. That's certainly been the case in my life. But do you foresee? Uh, coaching being what you do for the long run, yeah. or do you see something something else in the future? No, this is is what I'm supposed to be doing. You found it, uh, yes, and I, I'm lucky at a young age to mm-hmm. have found it. And I know there's people who, for certain seasons of their life, maybe for ten years you are supposed to be on the radio, then the next ten years you're supposed to be in marketing or whatever it may be. Right. But for for me, at least I know right now in my life this is where I'm supposed to be, mm. and I. I I, I don't really see myself doing anything else, yeah. to be honest with you. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, this will be our last question. There are people that are 14, and there are people that are 44 that are still struggling with this same question. Mm-hmm. I think I know what my gift is. And I love – I've never heard uh, uh, Steve Harvey quoted mm-hmm. uh, like that before. I've used the sweet spot on a on a – softball baseball yeah. bat and a golf club to be that example you get mm-hmm. the maximum output with the minimum uh minimum effort yeah and the great thing about hitting uh, a golf ball or softball or baseball in the sweet spot you don't even feel it yeah you know and um and, and i'm glad you were able to bring steve harvey into yeah. all this but um if people know what that instrument is they know what that gift is mm-hmm. but they don't know how to make that a reality they don't know how to all right this is this is how god has gifted me but how in the world do i use it Mm -hmm. how do i get to the point where i'm using my gift um to the the maximum output for the kingdom Mm -hmm. how would you what what kind of uh, advice would you give people who are trying to walk through that journey of here's my instrument Mm -hmm. like we talk we talk about in this series here's my instrument how do i get how do I get to where God wants me to be using that? Yeah, and I think uh, it's kind of the reverse of my situation because I was using my gift and my instrument, but I didn't know I was, hmm. versus somebody who knows their gift and they don't think they're using it. I feel like if you know your gift, you're using it. Hmm. You just may not be in the place that you think you want to be, but God has you in the place that he wants you to be. Right. Uh, Dabo Sweeney, he says, uh, I'll do what I can while I can, so when I cannot, I will not wish that I would have when I could have. And I know that's a mouthful. Yeah. And I kind of – You had to practice that. Yeah, I I can say this, that, and the other anytime I want (laughs) to. But it just – when I went to the camp a year ago, it just stuck out to me. Hmm. But I changed it uh, because I thought it was really good, but we're not human doings, we're human beings. Sure. So I'll be where I am while I'm there. So when I am not, I will not wish that I would have been when I could have been. So basically, I'm going to be where my feet at. While I'm here, I'm going to do everything I need to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know when I'm going to get elevated or demoted or yeah. put to somewhere else. But while I'm here, I'm going to be here. Mm-hmm. And I think if you truly know your gift and that is your gift and you believe that's your gift from God and it's that you do it so easily that you like that's what it is, then you're you're using it. Yeah. You just, in your mind, and we like to make up things in our minds of this is what we're supposed to be because we have this gift. No, mm-hmm. that's not what it is. You're using your gift where you're at. Mm. And while you're there, use it to the best of your ability because you don't want to get somewhere else and look back on it and be like, I could have used it a little bit more. Mm. 
when I was at quote unquote the lower spot for for our our generations, sure. our times. We think okay, this is the lower spot, but what makes it the lower spot is because of our human logic and our human minds. We think that the person on TV has it better. Well, the person on TV, you don't realize that they have a hundred people texting them saying they said one thing wrong on a oh, yeah. a message or a podcast and. Now a hundred people not gonna follow them no more, right? Or this, that, and the other. Versus you're you're supposed to be ministering to your fifty people, or to your ten people, or to mm. your one person. Mm. So I think that's super big. Just understanding that if this is my gift and it truly is my gift, I don't have to worry about where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Just be where I am. Using your gift does not require a specific location. Correct. I think that's what you're ultimately saying. Mm-hmm. Um, our gift can be used wherever we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you say, be where your feet are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from a physical standpoint, that uh, where else could I be? Yeah. But mentally, emotionally, spiritually, uh, and with uh, a, a ministry mindset, there couldn't be truer words spoken. Mm-hmm. Uh, because where Jesus was, was where his ministry happened. Exactly. Uh, you know, he didn't. <laughs> he yeah. didn't have a podcast, yeah. right? And maybe somebody listened to it on the other side of uh, Jerusalem, or yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> he, he didn't. He didn't uh, get on TV and and feed the five thousand. He was right there with them teaching, he, and so that's what you're saying. I think that's a great word. Be where your feet are. Exactly, and like talking about being the church. Like a lot of times, we can talk about the church as the building, but it's not the church is wherever I am. Mm. Wherever I am is where Jesus is, because. The I am lives in me, and mm. that's who God is. God is the I am. So everything you put behind the I am, you start to become. So the I am lives in me. So this is where Jesus is. This is where the church is. This is where my gift is. That's good. And once you realize that, there's you don't need anything else. Wherever I am is where the I am is. Because that's who God says he is. Everybody, who what's, what's the name of God? Well, if you look back, tell, uh, who was it? Was it, uh, Moses, uh-huh. he said, "Who who should I tell that sent you? Sent me. Tell him that I, I am, am sent yeah. me because I am I am the I am. Hmm. So where I am, the I am is. I'm mm-hmm. going to use that. Yeah, where I am, the I am is. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Jared, this has been good, and I want to thank you for being a part yeah, of this. Um, Psalm one thirty nine thirteen says, "He knit us together in a mother's womb." Um, you know, you and I look different, mm-hmm. right? We're built different. Literally, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I'll say that our age has something to do with that. But you and I are built differently. We're 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 gifted differently. Yeah. Um, you know, you talk about how you are a natural encourager. I've seen that mm-hmm. in you. Uh, it's more of an effort for me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come as natural for me. God's gifted me in other ways, mm-hmm. and so that same picture of Him knitting us together in a mother's womb, making Him, making you exactly who He wants you to be, making me exactly who He wants me to be, mm-hmm. is that that um, intimate picture of creation Mm -hmm. and plan and purpose uh, for our life. So I say all that to say this, which you used this time, but if you use it outside the podcast, I'll have to charge you. Restrict your dues. So I say all that to say this. God wants your very best. He's equipped each of us specifically for the task that he's put in front of us. As uh, Jaira has clearly said, be where your feet are. And God is constantly preparing us for what is to come. Jairus' time in high school playing prepared him for college, which college prepared him uh, to coach, and so on and so forth. And your time, wherever you are now, is preparation where God's going to have you. So again, Jairus, thank you for being a part of the podcast. Uh, This has been fun. 
Uh, as a reminder for you guys, we will release these podcasts the first and third Tuesdays of every month. If you're brand new to the podcast, go back and check out episode one so you can learn a little bit more about Impact Sports, what we do, but more importantly, why we do it. If you'd like to hear more from us, we're now sending out a weekly email devotional called Thoughts from Outside the Boat. If you'd like to sign up to get those weekly, you can go to utterlyamazed.com and sign up right there on the homepage. Please share this podcast with anyone you think may be interested, and then subscribe and review wherever you get your podcast. To find out more about Impact Sports, you can go to Impact Sports online or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We'll see you next time on I Say All That to Say This.